Hello and welcome to the Connect and Rise podcast. I'm your host, Cody. And I'm your host, Reese. And we will be talking to you about all things health and wellness. Hey guys, and welcome, <laughs> welcome back to the Connect and Rise podcast. Uh, it's been a little while since we've been on, but um, Codes and I have had a fair bit going on. But we're back with another episode today, and I'm happy to introduce, uh, we've got Sophie, Ebony, and Bira on the podcast today. Before I introduce the topic, I'm just going to get each of the three girls to introduce themselves, um, and then we'll go from there. So whoever wants to start... Go for it. Thanks for having me. Um, my name is Lee Cutmore and I'm a proud Gamilaroi woman. Thanks again, guys. Um, my name's Ebony Love and I'm a proud Anamai woman. Hi, I'm Sophie Matheson. I'm a proud Warramai woman and born and raised in Port Stephens. So, guys, um, for the listeners, just a bit of a background. Cody and I know Sophie through the gym um, and with recent events that have been happening obviously across the globe um but more so in america kind of instigated this podcast so Sophie reached out to us and said hey you know i think it'd be really cool to get some some of the girls that i know on and just have a chat about you know their perspective on what's happening um it kind of goes without saying and we'll get into the topic that we ultimately want to get to um but it's it's really hard to just introduce and jump straight into that without explaining a little bit about you know the background and the, the factors that contribute to all of that. Yeah. Um, so I might just start off. So you've just introduced um, you know you've just introduced your your country. Um, so all three of you girls are proud Indigenous Australian women, um, and we're going to talk a little bit about that. So I just want all of you just to contribute and just chat about what that means to you. So you've just acknowledged country. What exactly is that? So we're just going to do um, a quick acknowledgement to country. So I'd just like to um, acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land um, that we're on today, so the Awabakal people, um, and recognise their continuing connection to land, community and culture. I'd like to pay my respect to the elders, past, present and future, and make special mention to those among us today. As well, we just wanted to do a quick um, acknowledgement to country, so we extend that to you today um, as well, um, just to acknowledge the land we're on for this podcast. Thank you. And so just as well at the start, when we touch on significance of country as well, for people who may not know, and maybe us as well, just touching on um, proper use of terminology. So if there's anything that maybe we might say that's not correct or that you will say that maybe the listeners won't understand, do you think there's anything, I don't know what it would be, but do you think there's any use of terminology that you guys might use that people may not know? Or even if it's throughout, you might say something might be way of explaining something that people don't know so yeah I think a good starting point for that is just to let people know that you don't have to be indigenous to do an acknowledgement to country yeah an acknowledgement to country is just paying respects to the country that you're on essentially and whereas a welcome to country is a bit different and that usually is done by an elder yeah um it can be done by other people but they usually need permission first and that's actually welcoming welcoming you onto the land and just like essentially asking you to have a safe travel while you're on their land and things like that yeah beautiful that's nice 
And I suppose the other thing, well, that I was going to touch on, I did a podcast episode, oh, how long ago was it now? Probably three and a half weeks ago or three weeks ago when everything was happening and when this all sort of sparked up both in Australia and America. Um, and the podcast episode that I spoke about was just kind of how I was feeling with everything and what it has taught me. And I'll be so honest that I didn't know half of this stuff was happening until it was brought to my attention. And that's why I really wanted this podcast to happen was because I want people to know and I think it's ridiculous that we don't know. It makes me so angry to even think that we aren't taught that. Um, so, yeah, that's I really want to give you guys the opportunity to help us all learn that because it's really important if we're living in our own country to know the proper history of the country, which I feel like we don't really know. Um, so before going on to the next question, what were your experiences like throughout childhood and throughout schooling? And do you think that our educa education system is teaching true history of Australia or do you think that they could be doing more? Big question, but... <laughs> yeah. um, I personally think that the education system is really lacking in the true history of Australia. Yeah. Um, when I was in school, I actually wasn't even... There wasn't even an option to do Indigenous history as mm. an elective in school. So not only was it not taught in the regular curriculum, I couldn't even learn it afterwards. Um, I think the universities are actually doing much better. Like, for example, I have a friend and she's um, becoming a dentist and they actually have to take a certain course to deal with Indigenous people and mm -hmm. the issues that they have to learn. And it's really helped her learn a lot more about us. Yeah. which I think is really good, but I'm not sure what the school systems are like now, but I'm pretty sure that they probably still wouldn't be the best. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, yeah, instead of learning about our history and what, like, the land that we're on, we were learning about, like, the Romanov dynasty. It just it makes yeah. no sense whatsoever to me. Yeah. Um, so we'll talk, I'll, I'll, like, talk about... I just wanted to mention, like, what my experience was at school um, because like the knowing that you guys were coming on the podcast i was thinking like I was trying to reflect back and think like what is my what was my education on on australia before you know it was colonized and it's minimal like you know very very minimal so i do want to touch more on that um just i just wanted to jump back because i think it's super super important on terminology mm -hmm. so just because that's that's sort of at that's what we're talking about it it's like most fundamental level so What's appropriate in terms of acknowledging Indigenous Australians? Is Indigenous Australians a good way to approach it? Yeah. Is, yeah because basically. I think a lot of people, and I don't mean to offend anyone mm. by this, but, you know, people throw Aboriginal out there, mm. Aboriginal or Torres Strait Islander, like mm -hmm. what's appropriate to say and what's not? Yeah. Um, it can be quite personal, but for me, I'm comfortable with Indigenous or Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander. I do know some. there's some people that aren't comfortable with Indigenous because it's like a, give, a government... I guess, um, t like term that's been given by the government to a group of people. Mm -hmm. So I know some people aren't comfortable with that. Um, yeah. But yeah, um, I guess if you want to do an acknowledgement as well, there's protocols around that. So you can look that up online and do that if that's um, something you need guidance on. Um, do you want to add something? Yeah, I'm the same as Sophie. I appreciate Indigenous and Aboriginal. I have no issue with that. Um, an old school term that isn't necessarily derogatory, but I know a lot of people, myself included, who don't like it. We don't like to be called Aborigines. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's kind of an outdated term. And like I said, not really derogatory, but 
I just know a lot of us kind of wince when we hear it. Yeah, Mm -hmm. Yeah, and also I know a lot of people that um, just like to be called by their, like, um, tribe name. Yeah. Yeah, so they, like we said, I'm a proud Gamilaroi woman, so I'm happy with that. Yeah. But, yeah, Aboriginal, I think, is fine personally and so is Indigenous to me. Yeah. Yeah. That's um, just while you've got the mic, is that, and I might be wrong in saying this, but I spent a little bit of time out in Tamworth when, um, in my, when I finished uni um, and obviously being out that way, they put, I mean, the Department of Rural Health with the uni puts quite like a big emphasis on the importance of acknowledging, um, you know, the um, traditional owners of the land, all that sort of thing. So, and we learnt is it the Camilleroy Highway that runs through Tamworth and it's Camilleroy is like the the general area yep. and the people that are um, native to that area yeah is that right yeah it's um one of the biggest tribes within Australia actually oh, and it, yeah. yeah it goes from like Tamworth and I'm from Moree and it's from that way and it's just yeah massive. yeah and it goes I think it goes all the way down to Lightning Ridge like really really far south as well yeah it's, it's fairly big yeah there you go cool did one of you else want to add something else? No? All good. Back on the... Um, back on what we are talking about with education before, I was quite similar with Reese in terms of reflecting back on my experience in childhood and going through school. Obviously, now, as an adult, I can reflect back and see how kind of wrong and it was and that we weren't taught much but at the time you just think oh wow I'm learning so much about my own country because they tell you very minimal um and something that I also I was listening to a podcast the other day on I think it's called Titters for Titters love it yeah it's so good love it um and they were talking about Aboriginal language and I don't know if this is correct is it that each tribe has their own language and it's not written anywhere only spoken yeah yeah so that was really interesting but I thought what is your opinion on aboriginal language do you think it should be taught to people who aren't indigenous or aboriginal or do you think it should be kept sacred because it is within um your tribes because I just when I listened to that I thought that's crazy that we learn about French and Italian and Japanese and we don't even learn our our own culture and their language but then I thought maybe that's offensive and maybe I don't know What's your opinion on that? Yeah, my opinion is that I think that would be great for everyone to learn my language. I, I think that would be such a celebration and yeah, yeah, I feel like such a positive thing. Do you have a different take on it? It's a bit um, like catch-22 because like personally the way I feel is that um, like so much of our culture has been like ripped away from us that mm. we really do try and keep some things sacred and yeah. I think learning some words and like a bit of language is good but we've also lost so much that it's Mm -hmm. really hard to reconstruct that language and um it's also hard because like the way we lost it was that a lot of our uh, like elders and mothers and fathers and stuff like that they would just simply teach us they would not teach us the language to save us from like well not us but you know older generations from being persecuted for just speaking their language so it's really quite lost yeah but like being a Gamilaroi woman we actually have reconstructed quite a lot yeah but today I know in I think it's somewhere along the coast they're trying to get their language back and how they're doing it is if they have some kind of information about what how the word was said or whatever their council 
their um, Indigenous council would just vote on how they think the word should be said and that's how it's going to be continued to oh, wow. yeah, be taught to children. Yeah, wow. See, that's so interesting. When I learnt about that, I found it fascinating and I, it just sparked that thought of, I can't believe we learn all these other languages, but we definitely don't learn enough about our own country. Mm. And I think I said it before, but do you agree that we're not taught the entire history or the true history of our country? Because I feel like we haven't from what I've learned in this time I'm like I didn't even know that happened you know with most history like everything's whitewashed yeah <laughs> yeah true it's just kind of the way it is and um I guess it's pretty hard to t- teach children the massacres that yeah like, has been put around Australia so yeah yeah it doesn't excuse it and I do think that the real history needs to be taught and it's kind of hard with me personally I learnt all of the massacres that happened around my land and whatever and then I would go to school and I would learn Mm. about you know them bringing all these beautiful things like disease yeah (laughs) yeah and it's just it was kind of like living in two two worlds like knowing my history personally and then knowing what the teachers were teaching me it's just it's very different um yeah I just want to add in there like I absolutely agree with all of that that it's just absolutely mind-blowing that we learnt I remember learning about all these details about say World War Two and all these like gruesome mm. details yeah. and you'd watch even movies in school films, yeah films where you'd see them in chains going into gas chambers or whatever yeah and it's like we had that. massacres we had a holocaust here yeah and we don't talk about it much mm. It mm. isn't taught in schools, so I really think, yeah, it, we're being let down, unfortunately. Yeah. I think it would really help, um, like, wider Australia to understand what we went through and why we're fighting so much now. Yeah. And, like, really the intergenerational trauma that we carry with us, I think it would really help people understand that because yeah. it's quite hard to, you know, tell people that you're hurting and that, you want help and that they need to know this stuff but they have no clue and it's really quite hard to find out the information yeah yeah I agree and as a person who isn't of the culture and doesn't know because I haven't been taught I agree that if when my kids go through school I 100% would want them to be taught and I don't people might not agree with this but like you said we learned about World War Two and the Holocaust and all these things (laughs) over in Europe then you learn about how gruesome they were so I don't think there really is an excuse not to learn about our country and if my children come home and they're distraught I can just that's the truth you know life isn't pretty um, it hasn't been pretty and I think we need to learn that so yeah um that's like for kids especially so you know like kids going through school as Cody said before they're they don't know better, you know, a lot of the time, unless you're, you know, you're whatever the teacher says is gospel most of the days, you know, most of the time. And that, that child is then going to have those learnings instilled in them that form, you know, their own beliefs, you know, growing up. So that's definitely, and please contribute here, like that's a, that's a, an issue that's, you know, a lot higher up that needs to be changed from, from the top down. Would you agree? Yeah, I would agree 100% with that. Yeah, Yeah, and kids are a lot more impressionable as well. Mm. And so, yeah, it would be much easier to teach a child the true history rather than teaching an older person who has no will to change or learn. 
like basically you can't teach old dogs new tricks and yeah. Yeah. I think that's yeah completely true it's a yeah it's an opportunity right it's a, an opportunity to start from from when these kids are young yeah, yeah. Um, I think a lot of people can get a lot of people can get caught up in I think a lot of people in terms of white Australians can appreciate that there's a huge gap in health disparity between black and white you know Australians um, and there's like there's so many factors that go into why that is do you and I know this is a little bit off topic but are you happy to contribute some of those reasons what do you think a I mean, every factor matters, but what do you think are some of the really big ones? I think people get confused a lot and think that um, there is a massive divide between Indigenous Australians and non-Indigenous Australians. And I think that they think when we ask for, you know, equality, um, that they think that, you know, we're asking to have more than they do or, mm. you know, which is just, it's completely wrong. Yeah. And it's sad that it that's the way it's portrayed but I don't think people actually understand the um the divide like within like um the, well just for example I was going to talk about this a bit later mm-hmm. but basically incarceration rates with um Indigenous Australians it's unbelievable and yeah. that is a major factor and it's the system it's not like it's not Indigenous Australians being like more prone to criminal <laughs> yeah exactly yeah. And so, like, I just have some statistics here that I think are really, really interesting. Yeah. So, um, it shows that 4.7 of all Indigenous men are in jail compared to 0.3 of all non-Indigenous men in Australia. Gee. Yeah, Indigenous men are 15 times more likely to be incarcerated than non-Indigenous men. And Indigenous women, this one really shocked me, are 22 more times likely to be in jail. Holy shit. Yeah. Indigenous men make up twenty, <laughs> make up twenty-eight point six percent of the jail population, when we are two point seven of the entire population. Oh my god! Yeah, it's and this is what threw me off. Women, Indigenous women, make up thirty-six percent in the jails. Jeez. Yeah, it's just it's such a disproportional rate, and it's yeah, yeah it's horrible. Yeah. And you see things like Indigenous women being. Um, incarcerated for things like overdue fines whereas there is a a business and they're called wham clothing or wam i don't know if they're called wham but they um they previously owned a business and they were play they were um making indigenous art in indonesia and they were uh i can't think of the word for it but yeah they were importing it and they were claiming it to be yeah they got fined 2.3 million dollars and instead of paying the fine they just liquidated and then they don't have to pay a dollar but then indigenous women are going to jail for yeah not paying fines it's absolutely astonishing it is and that's like you said before you can't just blame it on the fact that there's something that those people are doing wrong because you cannot look at those figures and say, oh, well, all those people, it's their culture. It's just the way they are. They're more prone to violence and all this stuff. That's wrong. Um, and it's similar from what I have heard in America in terms of um, like the Black Lives Matter movement and how they are also put in jail and falsely accused of things a lot of the time. Um, so I don't – like you guys would probably have more knowledge on it, but is it – well, it definitely has to be some form of corruption within our system, but is it like false 
accusations as well or is it just purely like you've done something really small whereas that guy's murdered someone he'll get 10 years and I don't know I don't even know how to explain it it's a bit of both actually so for example there was an indigenous woman in um, Maitland and she was taken to the police station without being um, prosecuted for any crime without being charged with any crime sorry Mm. and therefore it creates a loophole because in 1991 there was a um, there was a yeah, a royal commission into mm. um, Indigenous um, deaths in custody, and one of the um, it, one of the solutions was to make sure that if an Indigenous person was um, incarcerated, they would be called an Aborig- Aboriginal aid legal officer. Mm. But if they're not charged with a crime, they do not need to call these people. Oh. Yeah, and this um, lady in Maitland, she actually died in custody without being cu- charged for a crime, and that's just yeah like 35 minutes down the road it's nuts it really is nuts and I just don't even know how to explain it like when I learn all these things at the moment I'm just like how is how do we not know like I didn't know about this until recently it shows how well it's hidden Mm -hmm. and to me if something's hidden that well it's it's for a reason and that's why I use the word corrupt because I really truly believe that you know yes there are a lot of corrupt people and there are still Mm. a lot of racist um, officials that work in the police force or as prison wardens so that's definitely an issue there um, and just sort of touching back to the I guess deaths in custody I looked up a statistic just to see what the largest reason for the Aboriginal deaths in custody yeah. and it was um, not receiving all possible possible medical care required Right, is the leading cause of um, death so that's that's negligence yeah. that's people ignoring someone needing someone. care yeah no matter what it unfortunately is. yeah 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 reese um you said that you um lived in tamworth for a bit yep do you know where the hospital is i do yep. do you know how close the uh prison is to the hospital i do yeah yeah i actually grew up with a boy who died in the tamworth um correctional center. yeah correctional center wow. and it was due to no medical care yeah that's yeah that's horrendous yep my mum and his mum were literally in hospital at the same time we caught the same bus and that is yeah it's un mm. it's unbelievable it's, for the listeners that don't know it's across the road yeah literally across the road and i'm glad that someone yeah. here actually can understand yeah. how close it is that's yeah. yeah that's horrendous there's um definitely i think those issues and um i think it's not we shouldn't dismiss, and this is from my perspective, and I'd love to hear your thoughts. It's not fair to dismiss that, you know, black Australians um, experience a combination of other issues that contribute to the incarceration. And what I mean by that is um, lateral violence, if you're familiar with, with that. And that, I think, from my understanding, is there's a combination of factors that contribute to a population being marginalized and from that comes almost like violence that occurs within indigenous communities because of the pressures that are perceived from the outside in so it's like this this spiraling you know effect that it can have on smaller communities yeah. would you agree with that yeah yeah absolutely yeah yeah um and then i guess there's also 
other reasons for disadvantage or bad behaviour that could be within a community is also due to, like we were saying before, the intergenerational trauma, hmm. the way that they've been oppressed, we've been oppressed for hundreds of years and things like that. Yep. And society don't really understand that because it isn't taught in the education system. It is hidden in the media. Well, yeah. it's not, you know, hmm. in your face in the in the media or anything like that. So Yeah, the media just um, on that plays a big part, I think. And yeah. they do. I was gonna butt in before when you were just explaining, you know, the the story of the lady in Maitland that passed away in when she was you know in incarceration and that's the sort of stuff that we're not hearing about in the papers you know that's the stuff that we should be hearing about i think and also what we don't hear about is there has been i think it's up to 437 deaths in custody and zero convictions therefore that means that more police officers that have um done these horrible things have received promotions Mm. rather than convictions yeah. yeah, it's just mind-boggling. You yeah, know. and they're the they're the people as well that are meant to be keeping you safe, and like that's what's being seen in America, but also here, right? Mm. Um, at the protest that we went to last time, they they said they work for us, yeah. not the other way around. Yeah. You're supposed to be looking after us, exactly, right? And that's like, their role, you know. Yeah. Their role is to make sure the community is safe and that's the entire community. Yeah. And if a very large portion of it is terrified of them, then yeah. there's something wrong. And that's, yeah. You hear people um, either like media portraying certain areas as being violent and they'll be like, oh, that's a indigenous dense area like up north or whatever. And they'll be like, there's lots of violence up there. And they're, I don't know if they're portraying in that way and that's the truth or like that's not the truth or if it is the truth, but from what you said, you know, but I just think it's such a negative thing to just say an area is really violent because of that culture, because they're there, you know, they're just saying that, you know. Part of the thing is that if there is um, lots of Indigenous people in one area, there is more likely to be more police. And when there's more police, there's more likely to be more convictions. Mm. Rather than in a different area, there's less police. They're not going to see all the crimes that go on. Exactly. And therefore, their their rates will be a lot lower. Yeah. That actually, I told you this as well. It was on the exact same podcast, but a different episode. It was talking about the stolen generation and the lady that was on it. I don't f- remember her name, so I'm not going to say it because I'll butcher it. Um, she was talking about how the stolen generation is not a thing of the past. It's yeah. still around. Yeah. Um, and how when she was born, her parents, I can't remember which way it was. I have a feeling that her mum might have been half cast. Is that the right word? No, that's not, not the right word. What's the right word before we continue on? Uh, we don't really, yeah, talk about half-caste or anything like that. Yeah, you're either Indigenous or you're not. Right. Yeah, and so half-caste term kind of comes from the stolen generation and that's trying right. to... What I say is it's trying to rip your, like, identity mm. from you. And right. Like, myself, Sophie and Ebony, we're all very, very fair black people yeah but we are still yeah. like as black as yeah like, you know it's still husband. who you are yeah exactly and yeah. then um like i'm sure like my father he is native um canadian yeah so like i'm still proud of that yeah but yeah i'm like a hundred percent indigenous australian yeah. and that's just 
for sure. Yeah. And so, yeah, we don't really say half cast and we yeah. don't, yeah, we don't talk about percentages. We yeah. don't think it's appropriate because, again, you're either in Aboriginal or you're not. Yeah. And that's good to know as well because that's what you're taught in yeah. school, right? You're taught yeah. that that's the correct thing to say. Yeah. So, you <laughs> just yeah. to the listeners, please don't ask an Aboriginal yeah. person what percentage or how much. Yeah. Aboriginal that's super offensive. Are hey? you? Because that's just that stems from racist government policies where yeah. they would remove a child for being too fair or right. Part, yeah. Is that what it is? That's where it comes from. Right. Yeah, and okay. that's why we say it. That's why people in society, well, not me, but that's why some people in society yeah. say half caste or they say yeah. quarter or what percentage are you? That's where that terminology comes from. Right. It comes from racist policies right yeah okay yeah 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 so well they obviously didn't say that on the podcast so I clearly no. <laughs> heard that wrong so um let's just rewind it back but the podcast was talking about when she was born her two parents being in the hospital clearly because the mum was giving birth to her and there was a officer not a police officer but like what are they called child protection pretty much waiting until she was born and then watching the birth happen like being around for no reason there was nothing reported of these people. They weren't criminals. They didn't have anything against them. And then she was watched over the years. And I think at age 11, she was finally put into the foster care system um, for alleged neglect. And she said, I never once was asked if that was the case. It wasn't the case. And when she was put into the foster system, she was never put with an Indigenous family. And she said the amount of racism that she got from that was just ridiculous and that's why she was talking about how the stolen generation isn't a thing of the past oh that's so it's so hard to hear yeah those sort of stories but and you know what like it's actually such a huge problem now Mm. it's actually increasing the amount of children that are being taken from their indigenous parents and placed in in this in the system yeah it's increasing and it's such a crisis at the moment that's crazy yeah, people like to make out like it was this thing that happened ages ago and that, like, we hear a lot, like, get over it, we can't help what happened to your ancestors. And I saw a really funny meme and it said, ancestors, what, do you mean my grandmother? Yeah. And my grandmother yeah. literally was part of this stolen generation, so it is not a long time ago. Yeah. Like, my grandmother raised me, so it's just as close as being, you know, one generation away. Yeah. Even yeah. though it's two, but it's just very prevalent in our lives in every part of our lives yeah yeah and so like you said it's definitely still happening so when people refer to it as being a thing of the past that's not correct they need to be aware that it's still a thing that's happening yeah yeah wow and also um people like to say a lot that um you know indigenous people they're all through the system of um like docs and stuff like that but actually there is a lot of misinformation and lots of people within docs like um people that are using their services they claim that they are indigenous because they think they get more benefits Mm. when in fact they're not so it does actually throw out the rate of indigenous people in yeah in the system and that's such a twisted mentality itself that people are actually doing that because they think it's going to benefit them yeah when really that's just disadvantaging a whole group of people yeah and it's just negative it's just putting negative on the people who are truly of that culture and like you said separating them as well you know um so with everything that is happening over in america in the black lives matter movement do you feel as though that has had a positive impact on australia and australians um or do you think 
because from my perspective, it definitely woke me up to what's happening. But And a lot of people that I have spoken to as well, like friends and stuff, are the exact same. They're like, how do we not know this was happening? So do you think it's had a positive effect on our country? Um, personally, I don't think... It has had a positive effect, but I don't think it's done enough. Like, you know, it was great to go to the Newcastle protest and have so much support from just all walks of life, basically. But I personally think that most people will still be celebrating Invasion Day on um, gen- in six months' time. And that's not true support because it's not that we want a divide or that we don't love Australia because personally, like, you know, this is my land. This is, like, my heritage. It comes through me. And, like, every time a sacred site is, like... Um, is exploded from like dynamite, yeah, destroyed, all that kind of stuff. Like it actually hurts. But the thing is that day starts the day that all of this has happened to us. It starts all the massacres, all the systemic like oppression and racism and everything. And so to us, we don't think it should be a day of celebration because like that specific day is when all of the injustices started to happen to our people. something really negative in everyone's faces as well you know and it's I love Australia and I love Australians and their culture and they're like so free and everything like that but they love the opportunity to just get pissed yeah and it's not right that that day is that excuse for people and maybe people need to wake up and say what how is this affecting others how is this making them feel and can I do anything to change yeah so absolutely yeah yeah absolutely Definitely. it's a day of of mourning for us it's our remembrance day i guess if you want to yeah bring an analogy in there and know. if it were to change is that what you like say in the ideal world that you guys would be able to change that is that what you would change that day to to a day of mourning and yeah yeah, and yeah celebrating absolutely. it in that way yeah i'd love another yeah. i'd love an australia day as well on another day yeah i know some. yeah like i would I love Australia and yeah. like Australia runs in our blood. We love it so much. Like, you, yeah. you know, that's that's not the thing. Um, I'd be more than happy to celebrate on another day. Yeah. But I don't speak for all Indigenous Australians. I know there's some people that probably wouldn't want to celebrate for um, obvious reasons. There's yeah, been, you know, sure. so many um, issues. Definitely. Um, and being oppressed for so long, they probably wouldn't want to celebrate, say, an Australia Day. Yeah. Yeah, I totally um, get that. Yeah. And then this isn't something that I haven't had in here, but it's just something I thought because I thought Australia Day and then I just imagined all the flags going around. Obviously, that's a major thing that would be so offensive to you guys with the flag being separate. Do you think that that's, that's good because they're separate and it's – I mean, you guys can use your flag for for an Indigenous culture or do you think we should just have the one flag? I don't know. Um. I don't really have an issue with the Australian flag per se. Like, it personally means nothing to me. Like, I really identify with the Aboriginal flag, but there is major issues with that at the moment because the artist who created the, yeah, Indigenous flag, he's actually um, sold all of the copyright properties to the same um, people, the Wham Clothing. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and so... Oh. yeah it's being exploited and it's really i don't know quite hard to see like normal indigenous um clothing stores they can't put anything with the aboriginal flag on it um we have a koori knockout every year 
and yeah none of the indigenous teams there are allowed to put the aboriginal flag on their jerseys or supporters gear or anything wow since being it being sold yeah since holy it being sold. moly yeah and like you could just never imagine the person who designed the australian flag to be like no they're all of that is mine i'm going to take the copyrights to that no one can do it but me and who i say so yeah like that would just never happen with a normal no. country flag but it can happen with an indigenous people's flag yeah, so yeah. exactly that's the thing yeah. is it's just separating it and saying it doesn't mean as much and that's so wrong because it does and yeah whether it, there be the two flags but they both be acknowledged at the same level yeah you know because i don't feel be. like they are yeah i would agree like i think it would be great to have them on parliament every day and on the sydney harbour bridge every day not yeah. just on nadoc week or see that you know, yeah you don't even i don't think of these things every day like sydney harbour bridge why is there not one there like yeah. why that makes no sense and i like i i've never thought about that have you ever thought about that no, I, ha- I haven't, like, being completely honest, I haven't. But it's, um, like, uh, we're so conditioned, you know, everyone. Like, and it's, it's it comes from, you know, higher up. I think that's where a lot of this stuff stems from. And, like, significant change needs to happen there. Because, like, you know, like, Western culture and colonisation and um, is, is just drilled into us, you know. Like, in everywhere that we look... Um, in terms of in terms of government and policy and what we see day to day and there's we're acknowledging we're we're acknowledging our true history to some extent but it's just not enough i saw a really interesting analogy the other day and it was basically saying that being indigenous or black is like being left-handed whereas everything in the world is conditioned to be for right-handed people whether it's scissors whether it's tables whether it's the way you write Yeah. Yeah. yeah and then the fact that yeah, it's for the majority and just everything. Whereas, you know, um, representation in the media, yeah. Yeah. no one thinks about that for Indigenous people. Yeah. It's just for right people, right-handed yeah. people. Yeah, and that's exactly why at the start, and that's like what I said, let's talk about proper use of terminology. And like the thing that I said before is we're just so uneducated as the majority because everything for us is la da and it's all about us and it's not about anything else and I feel like that's well I know that's where it stems from besides being the education system like I said before it is that whole the picture everything you see every day like what I said about the flags and how I didn't even think about that that's not because I don't care that's mm. because it's just not present in it's just not no yeah in it's your not face in my enough. face whereas everything else is in my face yeah. all the time so if it were, say, the other, like it was taken off and changed, I'd be like, oh, wow, that's changed. And I, that would spark yeah. something, you know? So it's it visible. is. Yeah. yeah. Exactly, yeah. So it's fully conditioning and, yeah. yeah, just how everything is portrayed to you and the media has a massive role to play in that. Massive. For sure. Yeah. I think, um, do, you, do you want to talk any, like, do you want to talk more on, on that point? Uh, yeah, so you asked before, Cody, about, I guess, the two flags and if mm-hmm. we, you know, how we saw and if we had an issue, I guess, with either one or, or whatnot. My personal issue, I guess, with now seeing, say, the Southern Cross mm-hmm. 
like if you see it tattooed on someone or whatever like it it does create a bit of anxiety within me because it's been now unfortunately sort of used as like this symbol of white supremacy unfortunately so um for myself and for a lot of my people it can almost be a little bit scary yeah you see um that like tattooed on someone or it's on their car or whatever you sort of think oh yeah it's like showing it off and putting it in someone's face almost yeah yeah Yeah. and see that's something that i i would never know you know and that's Hmm. why these things are so important for people to know i'm sure well I, i can't speak for the people that do it maybe they do it for that reason maybe yeah. they do it just to be like a bogan I have zero <laughs> idea but it's definitely good to know and these are conversations yeah. that people need to have because yeah. you can't just pretend that these things don't exist and we're not yeah. hurting people's feelings yeah. and it doesn't matter because it's the minority I'm doing little yeah do, do you guys ever feel that way when you, you do yeah yeah <laughs> I think that's like a good... I was um, like, is it just me? (laughs) 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 Am I just really anxious? No. (laughs) That's a good segue into... Because we've spoken a little bit about like change needing to happen from higher up. And that's really clear. Like, But at the other end of that, you've got the individual, right? You've got like individual responsibility. And then if somewhere in the middle of the two merge, change happens. There also needs to be like change and I guess responsibility taken at an individual level what do you think what do you think needs to happen there what do you think the stance needs to be from from our perspective you know Mm -hmm. well I think firstly truth telling like we're doing today I guess and like you're now all the more wiser and I think continuing that truth telling with your kids and your friends and that sort of thing i think that's really important being open-minded yeah and being yeah yeah and not having a safe space to be completely open and accept what has happened in the past yeah yeah and and talking about the massacres and the awful trauma and the violence and the rape and all of those things that have happened for for many years um and also discussing the fact that children are forcibly removed now the fact that some Indigenous communities, particularly in the Northern Territory, their living conditions rival that of a third world country. Yeah. Like, I think that that is so important that we keep talking about how it was and how it is now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, just for, like, the individuals, like you said, like, I think it's really important that people, like, like you have done, like, reflect on what you know and what, what you could learn and maybe um, stuff you've been saying or thinking or doing that isn't... Um, you know the best way to do things and learning how to do new things or learning new things reading books yeah. like movies anything like that like when people reflect and they understand that they've got this gap in their knowledge yeah. um and then they take the step to learn and grow like that's the best way to start yeah. like just understand what you don't know and it's like okay if some people don't know but yeah. if you understand that if you acknowledge that that's the best like yeah. best way to start if if you want to like go forward with it yeah, yeah that's awesome um, I would say, yeah, like reading up on what you need to know because like for discussions like now, we're obviously um, more than happy to inform you about stuff that you don't know and, you know, kind of having a safe space to make mistakes. But it's also sometimes it's very taxing on Indigenous people to constantly be educating everyone about 
like what needs to be said and how to say things and you know the right and wrong way but um I think a good way to go forward would definitely be um, attending things like the protests and NAIDOC week and just all those different things because I actually have speakers that will tell you their stories and their journeys and um, things that's happened to them so it's quite an easy way to learn yeah. about you know certain people's experiences in life and I think a major thing that would go to helping us would be sovereignty yeah yeah I think yep. it would be good to get a governing like us being able to govern some of our own stuff mm-hmm. it would really help us because the thing is it's not systematic um racism it's systemic racism it's the whole system that's yeah. horrible mm. it's yeah it's not a result of the system it is the system that is really helping uh, affecting us and it's not just um like the police um yeah it's not just the police it's school it's like the higher media. education yeah it's media definitely is a massive thing it's so deep rooted isn't it, it yeah goes back so far and yeah. that's why yeah don't even know where it starts exactly and this is a fairly new fight like we've only been fighting this fight for 250 years yeah america has been fighting this fight for like 400 years i think yeah like it they've they've been fighting quite a lot longer yeah and so it's just like an uphill battle at the moment and it will be for quite some time yeah 100 percent. and i love what you said as well and i have heard a few people mention this lately where it shouldn't be on indigenous people to educate everyone and like today and I'm so appreciative of you girls being here and allowing us to say things that are wrong and because that's how we learn and like it you can be very daunting as well from your end and my end as well just being like what if I say the wrong thing because I don't know so I suppose to anyone that I've spoken to about it if they want to know kind of like oh what can I do I just sort of share my experience and it feels so small but is still learning. It's just listening and listening to podcasts, reading books, looking online at like the incarceration rates and everything there and what's happening. And then maybe asking people that's a close friend, like I've reached out to Soph and just said, hey, like, and I've asked on opinions and everything like that. So if anyone is in the same position, which there's so many people, they're in Reese's and I's position just try and listen I would say if you guys think that's listen to those who have had the experience and just try to be really open-minded like Reese said non-judgmental and yeah remember that maybe what you taught isn't 100% correct I think is the most important thing because it is when you learn you're like that's not what I was taught like what what's going on right now but if you're open-minded and just say cool well that's maybe not the truth I think that's really important yeah starting to question things is something that i was going to say like just Mm. don't just assume like if you know for a fact that you you know you don't just accept something for the sake of accepting it think about where that originates you know and if that is genuine and and you know why is it the way it is sort of thing yeah Yeah. be prepared to relearn some of the things that you've been taught like yeah like you said like if it's mostly not correct and there are gaps and there's things that are left out but you've got to be prepared to acknowledge that you've had the misunderstanding this whole time and just be prepared to learn yeah yeah and I think it's also just understanding there will be some hard truths for yourself maybe things Mm. that you've said like Mm. I just up before you know but I'm glad I learned that because I'm so glad that I won't say that going because forward because now you're yeah. Yeah. Learn and you won't say you know? that now and you understand the like underlying reason yeah. as yeah. to why we don't accept 
you know that sort of like terminology exactly and, and you're like wow that's what it was that's where it came from yeah like oh my goodness exactly like, polar opposite to yeah. what I've been told that it meant you know oh, yeah. so yeah. that's why I think it's so important and going on that anyone who does want to learn or listen or read or watch anything do you guys have any main like I've mentioned titters for titters podcast love it if anyone likes it but is there anything else that you think would be good for people to educate themselves i definitely vouch for anything i guess um indigenous led yeah (laughs) is always a good start yeah dark emu is a really good book yeah 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 it um actually uses like white settlers words for the book so it can show that um yeah the idea of savages and flora and fauna only being here isn't true and this was the true history that was in their diaries that they've used to create this book so it's kind of like Mm -hmm. flipping the script and showing like these are your words and we're using them to fight your like your false truth yeah yeah wow gives a really good understanding of um when you read it just kind of flips everything that you have been told or that you've learnt. Yeah, it's like yeah. There, there was a they had a way to do things and, you know, there was a reason why things were done this way. It was the most resourceful and it was the most effective and it wasn't just, oh, you know, that's, that's how they did it. It was like yeah. there's a reason why they did it and they, you know, were on this land for thousands and thousands of years. They understood yeah. how to do it the right way and, yeah, so that's a good book for that. Just on that, I'm the book that I'm sort of halfway through reading at the moment is it's called Sapiens and it talks about like the history of humankind and it mentions it talks about um, Indigenous Australians quite a lot and it talks about how for so long they like thrived you know on the land and just by the methods of living that they were able to sustain for so long and if we look at if you look at how long Indigenous Australians spent you know on the land mm. in comparison to how long Australia has been you know home to to white people you know it's there's it's nothing you know um and look at us now you know we're in the middle of a pandemic did a pandemic happen back then and something just, and just before that the absolute terrible bushfires that were <laughs> almost wiped out a lot yeah. of australia but uh if only they listened to you know some yeah. um in, oh, i don't know what you'd call them indigenous not farmers but people that um were able to yeah agriculturists that were yeah. able to um i guess tame the land and yeah yeah I the answers are out there that. you know for bushfire management the yeah. answers are there like yeah. let's listen you know? i heard i think it was i don't know it was like a chief fire mm-hmm. person but i think he may have been indigenous background and he mentioned about um, all this stuff that's come in because of, and I don't want to offend anyone else, but like the greenies and not allowing backburning and <laughs> shut up and all that type of stuff. And he mentioned that things have changed and it hasn't necessarily helped. No. And like when these big massive bushfires happened, he just said you should have listened to what we were doing yeah, before because yeah. what we were doing is what we were taught and that is what was good for this land and that's what yeah. worked that's for what thousands works. of years like yeah thousands and thousands of years yeah. yeah yeah some people have an idea that you know we were just walking around naked with yeah yeah, yeah. can't make a fire like just absolutely crazy yeah how did this fire? Yeah. yeah whereas like going back to country and like where your tribe and stuff like all of that was so 
smart and um like they would we would only hunt in certain areas at Mm. certain times and stuff to ensure that other areas would you know grow and yeah yeah rejuvenate and yeah be sustainable and you'd only go with inside your area and even like marrying like some certain tribes could only marry other certain tribes like wow yeah there's whole yeah like you know um dynamics and like not just um sustainability but you know cultural practices like that that go along with it yeah are there any tribes that are still really strong in those how they used to live and now obviously I mean things probably have changed a lot because of the way that Australia has gone but is there that really strong culture still of how it used to be I think there's really strong culture everywhere yeah like yeah with all Indigenous Australians we I still think there is quite a strong connection to culture yeah um like a lot of it has been lost but a lot of our people are now trying to get that back as well. Yeah. But I think um, mostly in like the Northern Territory and like Kimberleys and places like yeah. that, they're still quite um, in with their culture. Yeah. But, you know, there's still been lots of outside forces that's yeah. gone in there. Yeah. It just like just a thought that came to mind then is like I can openly say, you know, as a white Australian that my connection to culture is just so like inferior zero Zero, Mm -hmm. compared to like you know in the short time that we've been speaking tonight like the passion that comes through when you talk about it it's genuine right like you can tell it's there and it's yeah it's crazy it's like you you almost feel guilty from a you know from our perspective i do yeah or yeah i do feel guilty um and it's like it's completely wrong because yeah it there's there's so much wrong with it but it's just something yeah that's just popped into mind now like i couldn't i could not explain in depth to what you've just spoken about my culture you know i don't even know half of mine you know i'll be like oh yeah i'm a little bit of this a little bit of that but yeah it's amazing listening to you guys speak about your culture and like reese said be so passionate and have so much knowledge on it and yeah yeah, it's amazing so and i am thankful I guess for the whole Black Lives Matter movement bringing our culture in Australia to the forefront of people's mind and it's it's visible now yeah um, probably not as much as it should be but it is visible yeah. now like yourselves for example like yeah. you're starting to learn things and so it's I think we're seeing a change like this is a pivotal moment like yeah this is a bit of a revolution that yeah. we're going through so it's just needs to things continue. are looking up yeah yeah exactly mm. yeah yeah, definitely. Was there anything that you guys wanted to talk about today that maybe we didn't ask or that you wanted to talk about before we close off the podcast? No. Just like going back to what you said, like the whole like 2020 thing, I've seen a lot yeah. of things like, oh, 2020, like we'll just write it off. Mm-hmm. And then I've seen mm-hmm. a lot of things like, no, 2020 is the year where like we had to have it, like things yeah. have to change. And like, if this is the way it had to be, like we're glad it's happening now. Like, 2020 you can't just be like oh it was a shit year we'll write it off it needs to be the year that you remembered that you know things needed to change and things were happening for the better and that you you can't just do a little bit and then like you've got to keep going like if you start like that's great you've started but like please don't stop just keep going and keep learning like and there's so many things like you know we've touched on like incarceration rates we've touched a little bit on health but there's so many other things like employment um yeah just housing like things like that like the list goes on 
Yeah. Um, I think you've, you've shared something on Facebook that said, like, if this is just the beginning, like, strap in there, it's a long way to go. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I've seen, like, something like that. Yeah, it's like, yeah. Yeah. this is just kind of the start for some people, but it's yeah. at least a safe start. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's a definitely a great start, yeah. but we actually need to start seeing justice in Australia. Like, yeah. you know, George Floyd, what happened to him in America is horrible, but it does happen here. And it, yeah. it happened on the day that we had protest about it. Yeah. And... I think a lot of people, especially some politicians, think that we were just bringing American politics here. But the thing no, is, like, yeah. the um, African-American population is 13%. We are less than three. And yeah. so for our rates to be what they are, it's mm. so much worse. Yeah. We have one of the highest incarceration rates, don't we, um, yeah, of Indigenous yeah. people. Yeah, the highest of um, Indigenous people on the planet. Yeah, yeah wow. Yeah. And... It'll be, it's great, but we just definitely need some of the people that have done the wrongs to be charged, essentially. Yeah. yeah. Like, there's, there should be no more getting away with these things or having a bad day so you can assault a 16-year-old Indigenous yeah. boy. Yeah. I saw that. Yeah. 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 Yeah, because no one else can have a bad day yeah. and do that. And I don't think as well, going back to the majority topic that we were talking about before, I don't think it's on Indigenous people. They've fought this for so long. It's not on just them to make these changes. You know, it's on us. And like you said, I just keep referring back to the Black Lives Matter movement because it's what most people are focusing on. But it's started something here in Australia and now we need to focus on us as well. Yeah. And it can't just be posting on social media yes i think that's great to try and educate people and to get a message out there but it needs to be more um and it needs to continue forward and this is not a political stance for indigenous people this is basic human rights and you see it hurting our own people yeah exactly and that is it is human rights yeah and like what you said before with 2020 people just saying oh forget about it it's over it's not important I agree 100 percent. it's a massive year of change and I am so grateful that I've lived through this year especially at this age because I'm like I'm in a year I'm in my 20s I'm so easily molded I feel and I don't know if that's just my age or my generation or what it is could just be personality but I'm so grateful that I've had this year and these experiences to change moving forward and to assist with those changes rather than continue on doing what I have been doing and what everyone else has been doing yeah it's an exciting time to be alive and it's exciting to know that you know we're going to be on the right side of history yeah 100 percent. and that's the thing is we are going to be and I truly do believe that there's so many people that definitely I surround myself with that are in the same boat as me and to see that is so nice and I'm sure it is for you guys as well because it's this massive shift in mindset and it is that questioning of everything. But that's really important because they're not just shutting it down and forgetting it. So if you don't mind me asking the yeah. questions to Cody and Reese, <laughs> Go for it. <laughs> Flip it. <laughs> do, you, yeah, do you see that change in mindset among your family and friends happening, like the same way that it's happening for you? Do you see that? I do. For me personally, I'll go first. I see it more in my friends than yeah. I have in larger like family in terms of older people in my family um I definitely haven't seen any negative backlash within my family I think my family is very open-minded which is great but I think there's more discussions that need to be have had and I know my sister has felt the exact same as me very 
almost emotional about it just this massive wave of guilt and like anger and all this stuff and I know she's had conversations with like family about it and just sort of said like we need to reshape how we think and if someone says something we try to have a healthy discussion with them and say maybe that's not correct you know um friends definitely I have seen a big change in a few of my friends which is amazing and they're really like me emotionally like going through it which is good because they can't they need to go through shit maybe I had done things wrong or said things Mm. wrong and I think that emotion helps as well Mm. because it helps drive as humans um but yeah I would say more my generation I'm saying a big change to older generations not so much yet unfortunately um but it doesn't mean it won't happen I just think we need to continue to fight back you know and correct them it's really great to hear I think that's so refreshing like we're obviously on the right path yeah yeah I think um I can agree like a lot with what Cody just said um for like for me personally I think I'm at a point now where I want to have more of these discussions like I don't just want to I just I don't I don't just want to acknowledge it and be like yep something's wrong I want to look at ways to change to change that and take responsibility um as a I think it comes back to like first as you have said multiple times like recognize that something's not right recognize that you might be wrong once you get to that point then look to share it and open like the minds of others and then Mm. when you pass that point look to then do something about it it's like it comes in stages it can't just you have to like feel it you know yeah you have to like come to the proper realization first and Cody touched on it and I think the same rings true even for my family you know like older generations that have just been of the same mentality for so long Mm. it's like they know something's wrong but they don't know what to do about it so that's just their mentality and they just cruise through life Mm. sort of thing um I think the younger generations are a little bit more um like plastic to it if that is a good word for it like you know their their minds can be molded to I think actually doing something about it we're a generation of like questioning things which I think is which I think is great if if we feel like something's not right we yeah yeah I think that can be seen negative sometimes as well whether it be the older generations and like oh my god they're so loud now ever right in everything but we do and mm. we're allowed to use our voices and I mm. think it's amazing that we have found our voices yeah. so that's why I just do really think that within our generation I can see a bigger change than I can the older generations well as corny as it sounds like we are the future yeah. like we yeah. are gonna they won't have to deal with the oppression mm. and racism and all of that that comes with it they won't have to deal with the economy or the um like ecological system like that that's not their yep. problem anymore no. like and that's our problem and that's why we need to make such a stance yeah. mm. to look after it and yeah. make it better and they're yeah. always more resistant to change i guess so yeah yeah, yeah. If it's in the right hands if it's in our generation yeah. if everyone's seeing that change yeah, yeah. so true yeah. um i saw this really great um quote from um nova paris and it was um, she's, this isn't word for word, but she said something like there's this whole generation of young, educated, smart, passionate Indigenous men and women who just have this inherent drive to truth tell and to, you know, create change. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. that's so true. That's us, you yeah. know. Yeah. Like 
even now, so many um, people in our families have still not gone to university. Like myself personally, like we, I still have not been to university and no one in my family has. And so it's still a massive thing. And I think Sophie's got it correct. Like we are a smart, educated, new generation. And I recently was on a like panel for Indigenous people to come into my workplace. And the calibre of the people that came through was astounding. Like we have really just, you know, excelled. And I think yeah. it's mm-hmm. great to see that. And we will continue to see that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 100%. That's so powerful as well. Yeah, so it's definitely, um, yeah, it's a great generation to be a part of and um it's gonna i think it's gonna continue to take people that want to actually like take action you know and don't just want to talk about it um and just like really quickly going back to like an individual level there's going to be times i think from you know our perspective um and i'm talking to white australians here it takes it's going to take like times of uncomfort mm, to be able to speak definitely. up when you know something's not right because I think it's suppressed too much yeah. you it's know hard. it's it's difficult yeah. yeah but that's the change that I think we need yeah we need people to fight with us yeah yeah, yeah. we don't yeah. want people to fight for us we want people to fight alongside us yeah yeah, yeah. and I have a hundred percent been guilty in the past hand on my heart would say if someone has said something that I might not agree with I'll be like how do I like, oh, I'm not saying it, so it's I'm not the one in the wrong, they're just wrong. Whereas now that's not good enough, you know, and yeah. I've seen that that's not good enough and I know that if I hear that, I have to take a stand and try and have that healthy discussion with them and that's why yeah. I'm really trying to educate myself so that if they do say something, I can explain it like you did to me before rather yeah. than just saying that's wrong, don't say it. Exactly. You know, I want to say to them, do you know what you said could be offensive or do you know that's not actually correct because I feel like that would drive change in a more positive yes. and healthy way yeah so that is my goal um but it is uncomfortable but I mean who cares because you guys have had to experience and your ancestors had to yeah. experience so it's nothing you know yeah, we thank you can yeah, be uncomfortable yeah. I think yeah yeah yeah, yeah oppression definitely. for 200 yeah, years is very uncomfortable yeah. no um and thank you I think that's probably one of the biggest and most important things that I would ask of people at the individual level it's to when you're here and we're going to and it I'm sure you can think of like um, times when this has happened but we're going to hear those ignorant um, racist comments whether it's at a dinner party or whether it's in the workplace or whatnot and I think it's so important to to pull that up I think we've let that go as a society for so long and I think yeah we now need to start pulling that up and saying that's not acceptable that's ignorant that's racist or whatever saying it in a calm way it doesn't have to be an argument doesn't have to necessarily be super confrontational but just saying no enough is enough I think that is so important and I ask people to please do that for us because sometimes I feel like I'm the only one doing it Mm. I've had to pull up people in the workplace before I'm in my current job in my past job Mm. um friends it's yeah all the time yeah um yeah (laughs) (laughs) just while you you, has it come to you Mm -hmm. not yet (laughs) just on that to um to be able to if you know something's wrong i think a lot of people too and this is related to what we've spoken about tonight but it's also related to like heaps of other 
injustices. Like when people know something's wrong and they respond in anger mm-hmm. or they respond impulsively, it's I think it's due to a lack of education mm-hmm. because you you know something's wrong but you don't know you can't explain what's wrong. Yeah, that's what I do. And do it in a calm manner. Also, like if you're being pulled up for saying, if someone says you're racist, and especially if that person is indigenous, like you don't have any type of right to say no, it's not. Yeah. Because, like, uh, for a white person to say to a black person that's not racist, like that is unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah, you don't know, so you cannot justify that it is not. Yeah. And Mm. so you just really have to accept it and take it on, and just like try and do better. Everyone's going to make mistakes. Like. And it is really hard to have those conversations sometimes and it's very uncomfortable, especially like depending on your personality. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's it's quite hard to fight the fight alone. So it's yeah. great to have like allies with us that will like help you along the way. Yeah, I agree. And like I have said to you guys, if I say something wrong, I would rather someone tell me so that I can know that and acknowledge it and not, I mean, like you said, everyone's different, but while that might be like oh my god i'm so sorry i'd rather just be like okay move on learnt it mm-hmm. apologize and you know that it was wrong you know you don't do it again you've learnt so if only everyone was like that <laughs> yeah not once have i had an apology every time that i've raised mm. raised an issue with someone it's always been met with aggression or oh, wow. an argument i've never had an apology and really? there's been some horrendous things that have been said in my presence not necessarily to me or whatever but some pretty horrendous things and not once has there been an apology yeah wow so do you think that's big ego um yeah probably um and i also think there's an element of like i'm not racist uh, not wanting yeah. to take it on board because it would then unravel everything that they've done for their whole life true and it's just too much and their brain is like can't handle this yeah yeah it'll just unravel so much yeah that's the point you need to be at and i think it's going back to guilt i think yeah if they feel bad about it and they don't want to take it on and it's just it's guilt and yeah like indigenous australia don't want you to be sorry for the things that your ancestors done like did there's nothing you can do about it but we want you to you know help us get over all the other stuff that's happening now yeah not the stuff that happened before but it's happening now and acknowledge that you benefit from it yeah Yeah. that's really powerful i think i think unless um anyone wanted to contribute anymore i think that's like a really good point to finish on Mm -hmm. um because it's 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 good to know that we're not obviously not personal personally responsible for the things that have occurred in the past but it's empowering to know that we can contribute to that not continuing on mm, definitely yeah um did you want to add anything else coach <laughs> would you agree yeah, yeah. cool awesome yeah. No, I just want to say thank you so much for coming on and taking the time to be here tonight and for being on this podcast because, like I said before, it's not up to you guys to educate people. Um, And, yeah, I'm just really grateful to just be around your presence and soak everything in. So thank you so much. We will put um, information in the bio about, like, the book that you mentioned and if you guys want your social media there, we'll put it because people, I think, would really benefit from following you girls as well because it will help them to educate themselves. I so. would say someone should probably, I mean, if you were looking for someone to follow, yep. you should follow Fist, that's F-I-S-T, yep. and also Taylor Gray. She yes. is yeah, yes. really powerful 
with what she says and she posts a lot i agree we will definitely put those in the bio for this awesome cool thanks Thanks for having us guys like thank you for having us and creating this space bringing attention to it no worries i don't want to say you're welcome because i don't <laughs> I don't know, I just feel weird being like, yeah, I did that. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. you guys, yeah. Every opportunity is like, And it's definitely given like three Indigenous girls a big platform to try and help some more people understand and listen and learn, hopefully. Yeah, 100%. And I'm going to share the absolute shit out of this episode. <laughs> yeah. and, we I, will and I hope you all do too. <laughs> yeah. Um, thank you all again for like so much for coming on. It, genuinely means a lot um guys if you enjoyed the episode jump on and leave us a review um and share it most importantly with people that you think need to hear um about what we've spoken about tonight so guys thanks again and we'll see you next week or as soon as we can with the next episode of the connect and rise podcast